Isaiah 6, and Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace. Everyone say that. Government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. We've just come through the Christmas season, and uh, everybody's wallets are a little lighter. And unfortunately, most of our waistlines are no lighter, uh, maybe a little worse. <laughs> um, but all of this Christmas stuff, it, it's cool. We recall the story of the birth of Christ. And um, what's interesting is we always talk about his birth, and we, wherever you end up in the story, it always culminates in, in them coming and worshiping him. And um, whether you're a king or a shepherd, there's worship that's offered to him. And I wanted to start this new year talking about something that I began to talk about before really the holidays hit. But I really feel like God wants us to, to really consider some things like, why do we worship God? Why? I mean, that's a fair question. It's a fair question. Is it just tradition? Is it just man's way of getting the attention of an invisible God? Does worship actually do anything? And if it does, what is it? What you need to grasp, and what I pray happens over the next couple weeks, is that we begin to really understand what worship is. And that we begin to engage in it in a way that maybe some of us never have. Um, did anybody feel something when we were singing? Anybody? There's people, there have been people who've come into churches like this. And, and God is being worshipped. And they have never known of God. They've never heard the name Jesus. They've never experienced the reality of God in their lives. And they come into a place like this. And when God's people are singing, when they're beginning to worship the king, that they feel something. That something in the environment changes. And, and worship, folks, is more than just some kind of exercise that we just do when we get together in church on Sunday. At its most basic level, worship is about a declaration of worth. And, and in what we worship is what we perceive value in. And because of that, folks, you can worship a lot of things. You know, there's people who, who um, worship Knowledge and wisdom. There's people who worship physiques or money 
or power or position or status. Some people worship their bank accounts. Check on them by the moment. But see, the thing is, is that you have to be careful what you worship. Because what you worship will have power over you. What you worship will have power over you. That's just how it works. For people who are addicted to different things, whether that be a drug or whether that be, you know, I mean, okay, all the, all the little kids are out, so we can just talk and be, well, there's shorter kids in here, but they'll get it and it'll be all right. Whether it's, you can worship lots of things. You can worship illicit relationships. You can worship images and you can worship false gods. You can do all these things. Folks, you can worship any number of things, but, but the thing that you worship will have power over you. And you've got to recognize that. The danger is that we give power to the things we worship. And human beings, hear me, human beings will always worship something. Even if at the very end of it, it's just yourself, your will, your desires, what you want to do right now, if that's the whole deal for you, if that's where you're at and that's all that matters, then that is where your worship's at. It can be reduced to something so little as that. But you need to realize that you are made in the image of God, folks. Of all the things that are, of all the things that were created, there's only one thing that was ever made that was made in the image of God, and that's you. No matter where you are in this world, no matter what your pedigree, no matter what your life looks like, no matter what your education or your financial background, whatever circumstance you find yourself in this morning, there's one thing that I can tell you is that the person you saw in the morning this morning, when you looked in the mirror, that person is made in the image of the only true and living God. Literally, Scripture says in Romans that Jesus was the, was, was the express, Hebrew says he was the express image of God, but it says that Adam, hear this, this is important, this is the Romans verse I was trying to get to. It says that Adam was the like figure or the image of him who was to come, meaning Christ. Literally, humanity was made in the image of him who was coming. Isn't that kind of profound? And so when humans worship something, it's, it's important. Follow this for just a moment. For you to worship anything that is not God is to worship something beneath you. It's allowing something that has that you have been made to reign over, something that you have dominion over, you're giving it power over you. And we need to understand that the only thing worth worshiping in this world for a human being is God himself. It is him that deserves our worship. And, and when we come together here, and we begin to, to gather together as a group and, and we hear, you know, the first note of the first song. There's this thing that we just begin to start singing this song. But I want, I want us to understand that we are called as a body, as, a, as the family of God. God has called us together to worship him, yes. What is worship? 
Worship is an opportunity, folks. See, what we, what we are doing when we come together, it's not just a song. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to enthrone God himself here among us. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says this. Speaking to the Lord, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now Israel was the people of God, which we are right now. In fact, Scripture calls the church Israel. Does that, now a lot of people are going to get all whacked out about this. That's for another Bible study. Just put that on the side over here. But Israel is just the people of God, and Scripture calls the church Israel now. When we come together and we begin to worship, when we begin to lift our songs and lift our voices and we begin to lift our hands and, and allow for our souls to be engaged, then what happens is we create a place for God to be enthroned. And what happens when God's enthroned? See, when God's enthroned, he's enthroned as king. Only kings are enthroned. And this is important because how many of y'all know you got some circumstances that you'd love the king to speak into? There's some things that we need the king to step into and, and to move on and to change. But the reason, the reason he gives us his opportunity is he wants to be put into a place where he can begin to reach down and touch and minister the way that he wants to, to reach down to his people past the gates of heaven and into the presence of the physical world that we live in. But that happens, folks, when we begin to worship him. When we begin to worship him, we allow him to be king here. And when we allow him to be king, then he can start doing king stuff. Because kings are sovereign. Kings can do stuff. They can go, boom. And it changes. They speak, and things change. And that is what God wants to do. God wants to move in our midst. When we enthrone him, his reign comes here. Think about what we pray about in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth, as is in heaven. When we begin to worship, we allow for God's kingdom to come because God's kingdom is where he's king. You follow me? So if we enthrone him, kingdom is present now. A lot of us, if you're, if you're trained at all theologically, you're, you might be waiting for the kingdom. The kingdom's coming. No, the kingdom is now. The kingdom is right now. And when we worship the king and we establish his throne, kingdom is here right now. And because of that, his reign's here. And because of that, his freedom is here for his people. He can move how he wants to move so that he can allow for us to step into the things that we need. Sunday morning worship is crucial. 
I want you to hear me. This is not an exercise. We don't just sing songs to warm you up for the preaching. This is not, hear me, the preaching is not the good stuff. This is, this is not, this is, the worship is not an appetizer we serve you before dinner. Worship is our opportunity to call the God that we worship, Jesus Christ, to come and to reign here. And when he comes, what's awesome about Jesus is that when he comes, he brings all his stuff with him. Hebrews 13 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means that if we get Jesus in the room, that anything can change. That if you, if you have issues in your body, if you've got, you know, an issue of blood, you can crawl through the people and touch the hem of his garment, and you can be made whole. If, if you have leprosy, or you're blind, or you're deaf, or you're mute, or you have a need, you can cry out and say, Jesus. And because he's here, he can come and you can reach out your hand to him and he can make you whole. That is what Jesus does. And when we invite him here, he's able to move. Things that are obstacles become nothing more than things that you've overcome. Things that held you back and made it so that you were unable to proceed, become nothing more than doors that you walk through to see the victory of the God who saved you. It's just a matter of getting the king here, folks. Has anyone other than me ever, ever thought about, wouldn't it be cool to have been there when Jesus was here? Am I the only one? I'd be like, I would, I would have loved to have been there when Jesus, like, multiplied the fish and the loaves. I'd have loved to have been there when Jesus called forth Lazarus. I'd have loved to have been there when the lepers were healed. Or when blind Bartimaeus got his sight. I would have loved to have seen that. Because to see, to know that Jesus was here, that, that I'd be able to look my eyeballs on him and be able to follow him until he did something really cool would be what I would do. I'd be just hanging out going, what's he going to do next? You know? All right, all right, all right. We got a whole bunch of lame folks who are coming. He's going to heal them all. I'd be so out of my head, right? Full of faith. Trusting that God is going to do the impossible. See, but when we worship him, we are inviting that same Jesus to come. And there's no reason that he can't do what he did because he's always done that. <laughs> That's why you can pray and you can see crazy stuff. There's, there's, times, there's times I've not been in worship. There was, in fact, my brother, my brother, oh, my brother, my brother Stephen, some of you have met him. Stephen is now a faithful, faithful man of God. He's, he's been a deacon. He's a tremendous 
man of God today. But, but back in the day, he was not so godly. And um, when he got married, I went to the wedding. And I was working as assistant pastor in Columbus. And, uh, and I went and I stood up in the wedding with his sister-in-law. And uh, after the service, you know, they, they're, we're at the reception and, and things are going on. And, and we're, we're about to do the first dance. So Steve, you know, and his wife, Delia, are dancing. And then they invite the rest of the wedding party up. And, uh, and Ka- I won't tell you her name. Her sister was backslid. Let's just say she was backslid real good. I mean real good. There's, there's good sinners, and then there's people who are good at sinning. And uh, so anyway, she's backslid real good. And, um, and so we're doing, uh, we're doing the dance, right? And I'm dancing. And, and the Holy Ghost, because I, whether you don't really see too much of it here, but I am a worshiper. At home, I pray, and I worship God. Worship is, is part of my life. It's just what I am. And, and that spirit becomes part of, of what you carry. And so I'm sitting there dancing with this poor little backslid girl. Who, she's dancing, and all of a sudden she starts crying. And all of a sudden she starts, like, like, like heaving. And then she's like, pray for me. We're on the dance floor at my brother's wedding. He's not saved. So I didn't, I, I didn't go like, ah, you know, none of that. No, I didn't do that. But I just like praying for her, praying for her in the spirit right there. And God had a breakthrough because of the power of the spirit of God present in a worshiper. Worship sets people free. Worship alone, hear me, worship alone can bring victories. When you read in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 20 through 22, it says, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe as prophets, and you will succeed. And when they had taken the people... He appointed those who were to sing to the Lord. They were to what? Sing and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to what? To sing and to praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and so they were routed. There are times that if you will just begin to worship, some of the things you're fighting will bow down. Now, does it always work? Every battle, they didn't send out the, the singers first. It wasn't every time. But the point is this. There are obstacles that you're facing that just your praise can get you over. There are obstacles in your way between you and victory, maybe between you and annihilation, that only your worship can bring you past. But we have got to choose to step into that place. We've got to choose to invite him. Because when God, hear me, when God reigns, kingdom is present. Worship is not some action we participate in 
because we just like good music. I like good music, but I can listen to good music popping down, you know, the street, listening to some old, like, 80s rock stuff. I mean, I like that. It's sanctified because I listen to it. <laughs> or maybe I listen to some rap, some old school rap, or maybe some other stuff. The, the deal is that, that I like good music, but I don't, I don't sing here because I like good music. I don't, I don't jump because I like the beat only. It's because it's worship. And when you see your pastor here with his hands raised, and you see me with a little bounce going on, sometimes with a big bounce going on, the deal is not that I just simply like this song. The deal is that I am calling for him to come here and reign. I want for him to come and settle here so that you can get what you need. Part of the deal, part of, part of my responsibility to you is to bring him. And I bring it, as much of him as possible. I bring as much of him as I can. I live right, I do right, I pray right, I fast right, I do the best that I know how to do. But, what would happen if all of us did it? What would happen if it would go past just simply... The preacher and maybe 10, 15, 20 others. And if it became everybody. That we all came in here. Here to worship the king. To enthrone him in this room. To allow him to move the way he wants to. What would happen? Fuego. Amen. Strength. Fire. Power. I love in Spanish. In Spanish, the same word that is for can like, I can do that, is the same word for will. I will do that. It's poder. I have the power. I should know better than teach about Spanish with glory here. But we, we create a place, folks, when we come in and we begin to worship the king, when we begin to really press where it's more than just the words of a song, but our hearts begin to engage with the King of glory who made us. When our souls respond to his call and we begin to just lift him up in praise, he comes and reigns and he can do anything in that environment. But we need to create it. We've got to establish that place. We can't be contented with just simply bringing a nice little song on Sunday morning or, oh, that's my favorite little song and you sing it because you like the beat. You've got to get past even just maybe the beat of the music and get to the words and get to what they mean to you and to your life and to what he's brought you through. I couldn't help it when I read about Amazing Grace and I started singing the song. Thank you, Chris, for pulling that out right at the end there because I thought you were going to pull it out at the end of service, but that was perfect, bro. Thank you. When I was reading about the trials I've been through, and how it's been grace that's led me this far, and grace that'll see me through. I couldn't help but have tears streaming down my face, because I know where I've been, and my heart connected with the one who's brought me through those things. We need to allow for worship to be more than just the exercise of our lips, but the exercise of our hearts to connect to the king, because that is what worship really is.
Worship is more than just some function of the church. It's more than, we don't have worship at 10 o'clock. We have an opportunity to worship at 10 o'clock. You are the ones who will make it worship or not. But if you do, if you do, God can do anything. Because where God's kingdom is, there's always healing. When you look at Jesus, Matthew 4, 23 says this, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. How would it be, wouldn't it be cool if God healed every disease and sickness? Every disease. Susan, I'll need your cane because you're going to be healed. Right? The thing is, folks, is that that kind of potential is here right now. Right now. Right now. We just have to grab hold of it. Wherever the kingdom was, healing came. Wherever Jesus proclaimed kingdom, and wherever Jesus was, by the way, was kingdom because the king was there. Healing came. And that extends even to the disciples. Luke's, Luke 10, 19 says, this is Jesus' commission to his 70 when he sent them out. He said, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. When kingdom come, healing comes. Healing is part of kingdom action. And God wants for us to do it. Why? I want you to hear this. Why? Because, because healing sets you free from the oppression of the devil. Acts 10.38 says this. We'll start in verse 37, actually. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Has anyone here been anointed with the Holy Spirit and power? Anybody? So he anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. See, when kingdom shows up, oppression leaves. That is what kingdom is. That means whatever the devil is reigning in, or whatever the devil's got his hooks in you in in this moment, can be set free because a greater king has come. That is what kingdom brings. Worship creates the place where God can reign, where God can set free, where God can heal. We worship God because he's worthy, yes, But I want you to hear this. More than that, we worship God to bring his kingdom here. Folks, there's lots of churches in this area and around the world having church today. Lots of church going on. And there's a lot of good music. And there's a lot of great vocalists. And there's a lot of phenomenal musicians. But what separates a church that worships from a church that simply performs good worship music, hear me, is the people. It is us choosing to not just simply be spectators as someone brings us a hot lick on a guitar. 
or a thumping bass line on the drums. That we choose to engage in worship. And if you will engage in worship, it will change this area. Not just this service and not just this church. Yes, those things will happen, but those things are just part of what we sow into this region when we become a church that worships, 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 really allows our heart to worship. Tommy Tenney, and I'm wrapping up. Tommy Tenney tells a story in his book, God Chasers, of a pastor friend of his. How they had church on Sunday and uh, had just a teardown service. Anyone remember old teardown service where, like, you know, in the old days, all the ladies' Bobby's pins were laying around the front? You all danced your hair down and crazy stuff happened. You know, people laying out under the power of the Spirit. God just moved. There was worship and then God moved. They had had an incredible service Sunday night. And uh, Monday morning, he gets a phone call from his brother-in-law and says, hey, I'm going to be passing through town. Could I see you and my sister for a little bit? He said, sure. Now, this brother-in-law had always been antagonistic with him. He had always been just kind of a burn the saddle, if you know what I'm saying. Um... This young man had been committed to a lifestyle of sin. Uh, He was very up to his eyeballs involved in sin. He uh, had a homosexual lifestyle and didn't agree with the pastor, even though the pastor loved him, just loved on him and didn't judge him. Treated him the way he should have been treated, just loved him in Jesus. But, But this man knew what he was about and just didn't like him. And so this guy's flying, and he's going, why is this guy calling me? I wonder what's going on. And so he picks up his brother-in-law at the airport, and uh, the guy, by the way, requested that his sister not come, that it just be the preacher, which he thought was really weird. And so he picks him up at the airport, and they're driving to the house, and, and they go past his church. And he says, hey, isn't that your church there? He had never been there. The pastor said, yeah, that's my church. He said, would you mind if we just took a look at it? He said, sure. So he went, drove back around, unlocked the door, walked in. His brother-in-law follows behind him and is instantly struck by the power of the Spirit of God and literally falls under the power of the Spirit and says, what do I need to do to be saved? See, folks, this is the thing. We control the temperature of the spirit in this room. When we choose to worship, we invite him to come, and he can fill this room, and he can fill your hearts, and he can bring healing and transformation to you right now. But more than that, it's not just about us. We're here to change the world. I'm telling you, folks, we, this church is here to change this region. We're here to change Bradford County, Sullivan County, Tioga County. We're here to change it. That's what you're going to do. But it's going to start when we choose 
to invite him to come and reign through our worship. So right now, I ask the band to just put together some worship music for the very end of this. Don't let this just be a message you heard. Let this be something we activate right now and that we never let go of. That we choose that we are going to come whatever happened on the way to, to, to church. Whoever cut you off and whatever fight you got into with your wife. We leave that in the car. Because we've come here not just simply to hear a good word. We've come here to worship so that the King of kings and the Lord of lords can come and be enthroned here among us and that we can set people free, that we can allow for people to come into this room and to feel God like they've never felt him before and be transformed because he's here, because you invited him. Let's become worshipers. I invite you to stand and to worship with the band. Worship the King.